Friends, we are on a journey to be like Christ. Our mission, as you know, is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And with that is our chief task to become like Jesus. And in these last few weeks, we've been talking about some of these characteristics of what it means to live like Jesus. And we've talked about the importance of prayer, connecting to God. Paul says to pray without ceasing. We need to make everything, every opportunity in life to seek God's direction. And we need to be connected with God. I ask you, are you about that in your walk of faith? We've talked about the importance of presence. You know, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart. And you know, that's presence. Practicing the presence of God. I ask you today, are you all about seeking God and practicing the presence of God, worshiping the Lord? Is God number one in your life? We've talked about service, how important it is to be the hands and feet of Christ, to be in service to the Lord in some way through the body of Christ. Jesus, the chief cornerstone, and I wonder if you're part of the body of Christ. And, you know, using the gifts and graces that God has given to you to really to reach out. And, you know, everybody's important, as Paul talks about the body of Christ in Romans 12 or 1 Corinthians 12. The little pinky is just important as the pancreas or the stomach. You know, it's all important, whether you are wrapping up the extension cords or handing out a loaf of bread in the food pantry or serving with our children's ministry or whatever it might be. Everything is of incredible value and worth. I ask you today, are you all in when it comes to your serving? And then we talked about witnessing. Paul says to shine as a light in this dark world. And you know, there's a lot of darkness in this world. And I wonder if you're all in to shine as a light. And today we're going to focus a bit on this last part, but really important, and that is our giving. We've been looking at Apostle Paul's letter here in Philippians, and today we are going to look at the last chapter, just a few verses here in chapter 4. And it holds important lessons for us as disciples about what it means to give and receive. And as you know, if you haven't picked up on now, this is really a thank you note that Paul is writing. He had received this financial gift from these wonderful people here at Philippi, and he's doing what most of us do whenever we receive a gift. We send somebody a thank you note for how they have blessed us in their giving. And in this thank you, he's comparing their gift that they've given to him to three things. First of all, he likens their gift to a blossoming flower. He says in verse 10, they flourished. This gift really flourished. And here you can just picture a flower that's going dormant like in a hard winter and there's tough times, but spring is coming. And this gift has opened up and provided great encouragement and it's a blossoming flower. And then he compares their gift to an investment in verse 17 and an investment that will earn spiritual dividends. And as you know, you cannot outgive God. And then he compares their gift to a great sacrifice. And he uses the language of the Old Testament here in the temple, that sweet smelling savor. And so it's a beautiful and blossoming investment that's paying off. 
And here in this text, Paul here is confined, as you know, to a dungeon, this dark and dismal place in the maritime prison there in Rome. And he's separated from family and friends and the people who care about him and really love him. And he's waiting here upon potentially his death. And Paul was in real need. He was in great poverty. And Paul was remembering the generosity of these people here and these de uh, devoted believers. And out of their great poverty, they were giving cheerfully and sacrificially this love gift here to Paul. And this gift was sufficient for his every need. In fact, their thoughtfulness really uh, revived him. Their love encouraged him. Their sympathy, uh, sympathy comforted him. And he had only one thing to give back, and it was his blessing. And, you know, it's been said that the measure of a life is not in its duration, but in its donation. Now, when was your last spiritual checkup? You know, most of us go to the doctor and we have an annual physical and the doctor begins to do their prodding and poking around and pressing around and they say, does this hurt? And if it does hurt, there's one of two things. Either they press too hard or they hit something there that needs to be investigated and more tests, right? And we've all gone through that. But so it is when it comes to the Bible. As we read the Bible, the Bible begins to resonate in our hearts. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, study to show thyself approved unto God. We come to those convicting texts that really challenge us to walk in the ways of the Lord, to give with a cheerful heart. And we ask, are we really giving with a cheerful heart? To be faithful unto God, are we really faithful and obedient in our walk of faith to give unto the Lord. And we cry out a little bit within our hearts some discomfort. Ooh, that hurt. Because I'm not really living yet. I haven't become like Jesus just yet. I ask, do you give until it hurts or do you hurt when you give? Now, Paul says some very important things to us here in this Philippian check, uh, text here in Philippians 4. And basically, he gives us three reasons in these verses that we ought to be giving disciples. First of all, he says, giving is an encouragement to other people. Notice what he says here in verse 14. He says, it was good of you to share in my troubles. Now, the Philippian church here was not a wealthy church. These people, in fact, were very poverty-stricken, and yet they were generous. And Paul says, you gave when nobody else gave. It encouraged me. Did you ever receive a gift that encouraged you? Have you ever given a gift that you knew encouraged someone else in your family or in your circle of friends? Giving is encouraging both to the giver and to the givee. And that's what Paul was saying here. And two things happen when we give. First of all, he's indicating to us that your ministry expands. He's already said in Philippians chapter 1, you are partners with me in ministry. And even though these people were separated by something like 800 miles, they were still joined as they were supporting one another. And these believers at Philippi were supporting him financially. You know, not all of us are going to be called to the mission field. Not all of us are going to be called to some 
parasail type of ministry within the church. Not all of us are going to be called to parish ministry or to teach or to Sunday school. But, you know, whenever you give, you support others in ministry and you become a partner in ministry. And the second thing Paul says about this, even more than that, is that giving makes us more like Christ. The most Christ-like thing that we can do is to be those generous givers, just like God was generous to us in giving to us his only begotten son. And the Philippians here, they had a reputation for being generous. And in fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul acknowledges that. And he says here, as an example to the rest of the world, for they have done more than they could. And you know, when I read texts like that, this stands as a testament to these people some 2,000 years ago. What a legacy that we're even talking about it today. This band of disciples that gave so sacrificially. And you know what challenges me? Am I going to leave that kind of impact in this world? Are we as a church family going to be those kinds of people like those believers there in Philippi that are going to give unto the Lord? Second thing that Paul says, not only is giving here an encouragement, but he says it's an investment in the future. And notice he says in verse 17, though I appreciate your gifts, what makes me happiest is the reward you will have because of your kindness. Paul says giving benefits the giver as well as the receiver, and the giver here will receive a reward also. Now, the word reward is an interesting word that we find here out of the Greek. It's a banking term that literally means accumulated interest, and God pays interest. Jesus said here a hundredfold will be returned to him or her who gives for the gospel's sake there in the gospel narrative, it's a hundredfold, and that's 10,000% interest. I don't know of a bank anywhere in the world that will give that kind of return on investment. A 10,000% interest. Jesus says, I want you to receive the reward for your giving. The Good News translation of the Bible here at this point says, I want to see profit added to your account. And each time you're generous with your family, with your friends, with your church, with those unbelievers, with those that are coming to Stepping Forward and you're reaching out in support or those in our food pantry and so forth, your generosity is rewarded for it is an investment. Suppose I went to the bank and I asked, well, how much interest have I accumulated? And the banker says, well, how much have you deposited? And I say, well, really not that much. And of course, they respond, well, Mr. Wall, the rule is if you don't give anything, you're not going to have any interest. And you know, it's similar, real similar in our walk of faith. That's true in our Christian life. For you will store up treasure in heaven by giving to and investing in others. And God's bank never goes bankrupt. And you know, we're going to spend a lot more time on that side of eternity than we are here. And then Paul says, lastly, not only is our giving an encouragement and not only is an investment, but he says it's a really a great sacrifice. And in verse 18, I am amply supplied, Paul says, now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gift you have sent. And they are treasured offering. It's an acceptable sacrifice unto God. And the most pleasing thing you know you can do is to be sacrificial givers. 
Because it's done in faith, and without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please God. And Jesus here was a sacrificial giver. He gave up everything at Mount Calvary and came and died on the cross. And when you sacrificially give to others, you are most like Christ. Now, in the Old Testament, as you know, they would take an offering and they would lay it at the altar and they would pour it out and it would create this steam that the whole community would smell. And Paul's alluding to that here in verse 18. It's what he's talking about. A sacrificial giver is a beautiful person. There's this scent about them. It's a sweet-smelling aroma you love to be around. And Paul says giving is an act of worship just as important here as praying, as teaching, as singing. And notice Paul says here, this gift you sent to me is a fragrant offering. It's an acceptable sacrifice unto God. And he's saying the gift he received was really the equivalent from a gift as a gift from God. And when the Philippians sent him the money, God accepted it as a sacrifice. And you know, anytime you have that spirit of generosity, it's an encouragement, it's an investment, and he says here, it's of great sacrifice pleasing unto God. And that's what Paul says here and why it's so important for us to become those who are faithful in our giving. This is really an important principle here that Paul shares with us. My God will meet all your needs according to his riches. I often reflect upon this verse here. And, you know, it doesn't say out of his riches. It says according to his riches. And there's a big difference in that. You see, Sam Walton, as you know, was um, really one of the wealthiest persons in America. He was the billionaire that owned Walmart. And if Walton had really those glorious riches and he wrote you a check for $1,000 and gave it to you and he said, here, this is my gift to you, he would be giving to you out of his riches. But that's not what Paul is saying here in this text. Instead, he's giving a blank check and he said, whatever you need, I've already signed it and it's according to his riches. This is really an amazing text. And we see the heart of God here in his generosity and love toward us in this verse. God will meet your needs according to his riches. And I don't think it's by accident that Paul has two major themes going on here in this book of Philippians. One is joy. And we see all the wording about rejoicing in the Lord. But the second here throughout this book is this word giving. And the purpose of the book here was to thank the Philippians for that gift. And you know what? Joy and giving, they go together. The happiest people I find in life are those who are generous and very contrary to that is the most miserable people that I know are the people who are tight-fisted and stingy and not very giving. You know, friends, since the days of Ponce de Leon, people have been searching for that illustrative, uh, really elucidative fountain of youth. And you would think with all the medical advances we have, all the technological achievements that there is, we still haven't found that magic elixir to stop the aging process. And no matter what we do, every 24 hours we get a little bit older. And though no one has figured it out, 
how to stop the aging process. You know, scientists have told us what's going on there and what happens, and it's we age not because our cells die, but because they stop dividing. I wonder today if you are ready to step up and be all in when it comes to your walk of faith in terms of giving. You give but little when you give of your possessions. It's when you give of yourself that you truly give. We're coming to that moment where it's a sacred moment between you and God and your walk of faith to commit yourself to be all in for your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. Shall we pray together? Well, Lord, we come humbly before you today as we ponder our walk of faith. We've been challenged through your word to live out our faith and to become like your son, Jesus Christ. And it's a decision day, O oh God, as we stand before you and we commit ourselves to living out our faith and striving for your mind and abiding with you. And Lord, as we ponder in our hearts in these moments, our decision, we pray that your spirit would be upon each and every one here today, that we might be challenged in our faithfulness unto you. For we pray it in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.